The views and opinions expressed on Beautiful Disasters are those of the panelists and not those of the Geeks Under the Influence Network, their sponsors, or anyone else involved. Also, there is going to be a lot of adult language used on this podcast, so please keep your little kitties away, unless you don't care about them that much. Welcome back to Beautiful Disasters. Hello, Groot. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, we had a fun time today. Yes, we did. It was a blast. I am so stoked that we finally got to watch this. Blast from the past. And uh, an interesting film. I don't know really how to describe it, but uh, I feel like we need to introduce who the fuck we are. Yeah, let's start there, and then and then we can dig into uh, the wealth of nonsense that is this animated glory. Very true. Yes, as you mentioned, I am the Groots. Wonderful. I am Murphy Lawless, and joining us today, I believe for the first time on Beautiful Disasters. No. 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 Uh, we had him on the 3D. <gasps> That's no. right. Episode you of the mask. the mask. I did That's watch the right. mask. You watched the other movie that I desperately want to watch. <laughs> possibly Give me the glasses. Possibly the only Canadian horror film we've done. This is the second. Oh, this well, is a, this is a little Canadian horror, but. Yeah. I mean, what would you classify this as? I don't, Ooh, I don't know. It's but Canadian. <laughs> anyway. This is weird-ass 80s animated psychedelic rock and roll something. Yeah, you're doing great. You're doing great. I mean, that's pretty much... It's a post-apocalyptic uh, rock and roll cartoon. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we are, of course, talking about 1983's Rock and Rule. Um, the highest grossing movie of that year. No, no doubt. No, no. It was a good year. 83? 83 was 83 is your year. I'm, I'm an 83 model. Vintage 83. A lot of good things that didn't hit hard that year. I mean, you did. But uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I think uh, Michael Mann's The Keep came out in 83. Which we are still fighting to get a release of, if I'm not mistaken. I do have one. Uh, widescreen Laserdisc, actually. Of yeah, course you do. Fantastic. Laserdisc. <laughs> That's right, you know. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. This is the Groots. Of course he says, I have this on Laserdisc, like this is a very normal, everyday statement. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I'm probably not the only person with a working Laserdisc player in this town. You're right. The, the I think my the, uncle, my uncle might still have one. He, I, he lives about five minutes that way. <laughs> actually, I was gonna say I think that um, Andrew from Wax Moon is also a big uh, laser disc. I know. I've sold him some. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm but, so no, glad that we've already started talking about laser disc on the podcast. We are talking about rock and roll, mm-hmm. which uh, I do vaguely remember from. My late teen years or something, seeing it on VHS, possibly on a on a TV channel somewhere, maybe in my buddy Jesse's basement. I have no idea. Oh, I'm so jealous of that. But I, upon this I didn't see it again until maybe a couple of years ago when they re-released it on DVD. I think Unearthed Films did this one. Oh, that tracks for the. It's the 25th edition that you've got, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
it's just as weird and uh, confusing as I remember it. Well, <laughs> I uh, had never seen it until tonight. <laughs> You're welcome. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, what a fucking ride. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can really say about this movie, is that it is... It is an experience. I mean, I came across this mid-pandemic, um, just looking for stuff, new stuff to watch on Prime. And after I watched it, I was like, how did no one tell me about this film? All of you have failed me. I'm just uh, mad that I didn't know I should have brought some extra drugs with me or something <laughs> to do this. Like, yeah. That would that, that have been... Do I, all, I'm, some shrooms or something? I don't know. work in the morning, man. Uh, you know, whatever. I can phone that in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, it's a little harder as we get into our 30s and 40s and whatnot, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it can be done. Fair enough. Well, Rock and Roll is a Canadian release film done by the uh, producing company Nelvana. Um, we'll go over some of the other stuff that they've come out with, uh, you know, in a little bit. It was also uh, released uh, elsewhere other than North America un under, I will believe it's called The Ring of Power. And um, alternate title, Drats, after what they were going to, like, title the mutant creatures that are in it. Um, <laughs> because, so this is, in fact, a post-apocalyptic world. We are post-World War III. Humanity has been wiped out. And all of the humanoid figures have re-evolved from cats, dogs, rats, and other street creatures. So that's why we've got all these, like, weird, elongated features, noses, you know, strange, um, non-five-fingered hands. Um, <laughs> I just thought that was 1980s cartoon. You know, no I one mean, gets five fingers. No one gets five fingers in the 1980s, but I, I'm just going to call that a mutation. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> it felt kind. Now, but, I mean, if we're talking about animation from this era, mm -hmm. late 70s, early 80s, um, I mean, obviously Ralph Bakshi is in the conversation, you know. He is, but he wasn't involved in this movie at all. He wasn't. You're nope. right. Um, he, was, he, he is frequently mistaken for being involved in this. And, and you can definitely tell that some of the style seems like it's his. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was it was derived from. But like, I, I feel like it, it's worth saying that like a lot of the big animated movies that came out just before this were sort of anthology style movies. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you had Heavy Metal. Mm -hmm. That was eighty one. And then you had um, what was the other one? Uh, I'm blanking right now, but. Um, it's this is a ongoing narrative that like you know you get introduced to the characters in the beginning it runs through the whole thing and I, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe this movie had problems trying to hold an audience even for 77 minutes just because of they weren't ready for the animation like narrative well i think that there's a lot that happened with this film um so i listened to um a podcast that kira janice uh did with clive smith who is the director and the co-founder of nelvana um she was talking with him about one of their previous films the devil and daniel mouse and they were talking he was talking about um like her interest lies in um children's cartoons that that utilize subculture as in their in their cartoon programming and their children's programming and that and the way that subculture and alternative things kind of permeate that lifestyle which makes sense you know you can look her up she's rad but they started talking about um rock and rule and they're talking about how you know a lot of different people had their hands in it as far as like animation goes and they they had a bunch of different directions that they had wanted to go with it and they thought they had a plan and they thought they had a distributor and then the their contact for distribution uh got bought out by mgm 
And MGM did not give one single fuck about this film, and they were like, you better do something to get this released. And so they brought in other other things, stuff got added, that's why you end up with like some slapstick stuff, some more like horror shot stuff, and a whole like wealth of animation. And I kind of feel like we also need to look at like the Beatles' Yellow Submarine and the stuff that went into like Pink Floyd's The Wall and things like that too for a lot of the influences that we're looking at because this, this film has got some wild styles in it. Um, it does. But, uh, anyways, yeah, so. <laughs> all right, so, all right. What a shock. I listened to podcasts and did research about this. What? <laughs> I have no idea what's And they just brought okay. me into this thing raw. Like, yeah. straight just threw me into this wild ride of the 1980s. <laughs> yeah. Of some strange, but fun 80s animation. Yep. Weird good music. Good music. I definitely like you do have you do mention the wall and there was points where it definitely has that feeling mm-hmm. because of the kind of psychedelic wild ride mm-hmm. that you run into here. Um yeah. clearly I understand why you picked me uh for my um my love of Satan. Yep. Um <laughs> Okay. <that's- laughs> so this is a good segue to start where to to go off our jumping point. So basically um, our lead villain is a an aging super rocker named Mock. Full name apparently is Mock Swagger. I wonder who that could be named after. Um, and he is pissed uh, because he is slightly no longer as popular as he used to be. Mind you, they have animated this guy to look a lot like, well, Mick, Mick Jagger, Jagger. Yeah. but Iggy also Pop. a little bit like Iggy Pop. Who? Oh yeah. Happens to be part of the uh, the cast of yes, yeah. <laughs> who happens to voice a demon because Mock's plan to get revenge on the world for him not being for him being slightly less popular is to bring forth a demon that will destroy the world and to do this he needs the power of one voice who can hit the right notes to uh, to uh, open the Armageddon key and so we open our film with Mock searching for that perfect voice and he has a ring that will help him find that voice. Correct. Mm-hmm. And we have some local band. And a talking yeah. pentagram computer. <laughs> it's not just your computer? <laughs> yeah. <pretty much>. Oh. <laughs> Mother! <laughs> just for reference, that groan was Will looking down at his watch, which has a rainbow pentagram Yes, it? it does. <laughs> it absolutely does. <laughs> the best. <laughs> Oh um, uh, yes. Uh, so yes, we we are introduced to uh, our protagonists, which are a local band. Yep. We never get the name of their band, to my knowledge. It doesn't matter. <laughs> their actual band kind of sucks. I but mean, they got chunks that are good because we had one song that was done by um, Robin Zander of Cheap Trick, and the other one that's sung by Debbie Harry of Blondie. What? No, those performances are great, but all of them playing at the same time and sound. <sighs> That, that was the whole dynamic of the band. It's like yeah. the lead singer and the his girlfriend, maybe? It's unclear. Unclear. They sort of... I think they hook up during the movie, and it is uh, implied that they are becoming a couple, which is part of why he's so butthurt. So he's, kind of, he's kind of a douche. The first thing. He is, he's more than kind of a douche. He's he, a super douche. He's, he's an egomaniac. He wants it all to be about him. Doesn't even want to let her sing. Yeah. At all. Doesn't want to play her song. His name is Omar, and her name is Angel, by the way. Correct. Yeah. Which, um... um all right, so the actual voice actors, mm-hmm. which... 
I didn't realize until I did research today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Omar is voiced by Paul Amat, mm-hmm. who um, for the American version there was a different voice actor for the Canadian. Fuck those Canuck assholes. For a different wow. English? No, they no they started. Are you with, talking about a French? No, I'm talking about there was originally a guy named um, Greg Salata that was the voice actor. Oh, and that they old did, motherfucker. I don't know, man. And then they and then the like when they reviewed the film, that was one of the things that they didn't care for, um, and that they nixed yeah, for distribution. Yeah, because that guy was like sixty. <laughs> it didn't make any sense for like a young guy. Paul Lamont, he was the um, he was the hot rodder in American Graffiti. Okay. Uh, the one that raced against Harrison Ford, baby Harrison Ford, <laughs> and like had like the like the young teenage girl in his car that he did not hook up with, thankfully. Uh, but like he was like he was like the aging hot rodder oh. that was out of anyway. <laughs> American Graffiti is a good good movie. <laughs> uh, and Angel, uh, Susan Roman, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Um, which I didn't recognize the name, but looking it up. She was in David Cronenberg's Rabbit. Oh shit! Um, and she, I did I, not really she was in My Bloody Valentine, and uh, she also did a shit ton of like voice acting, mm-hmm. including Heavy Metal. Which yeah. Came before this. Yeah, she was in Heavy Metal. I want to say that. Um, so while Mock's singing voice is done by Lou Reed, which is fucking rad, the, his speaking voice is Don Franks, also yes. known as Iron Buffalo. I think he was he was also in a ton of other Nelvana productions. I want to say he was also in Heavy Metal. Well, he um, was a weird motherfucker. Yeah, because <laughs> he like he was a jazz musician. Mm-hmm. That's how he kind of got that moniker. Mm-hmm. Um, he was appreciated by like Native American folks. He's been an all kinds of insane shit. Um, that tracks. I mean, he was in Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> like, I mean, he's just... He, he did, like, TV work, movie work. Like, he was just all over the... And he, he worked when he wanted to. Yeah. And see, the glory of this is the cast alone says this movie should have gotten more... Because mm-hmm. the cast is fantastic. Yeah. It's, it it's amazing. And later on we get... Um, can we call it a vocal cameo? Yeah, I by, guess. Uh, by Catherine, Catherine O'Hare. O'Hare. I was yeah. like... <laughs> yep. Yeah. As Aunt Edith. And I would pay so much money to have her dress up as Aunt Edith now. Because we're talking about, like, an aged, one-eyed tattoo artist who gives zero fucks and doesn't care about what anyone's name is. Right. If she ever comes to a con, <laughs> I, do, I do have in, in my crazy stacks in the, in the garage, I have a one sheet of... Of rock and roll. Of course you do. You know, just because it came in a big fucking... And mind you, like, in the scene, she's tattooing a naked mermaid on the back of some rat dude's big-ass bald head. Yeah. Like, so, just this brief blip in the movie. Yep. Which there's several of these that I guess are plot devices. You know, there's a lot that would would have been cool if we gotten more expansion on, but I think we're jumping ahead of ourselves. So um, I, 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 I'm going to rely on you. Okay. I have I have little tiny things that I wrote down <laughs> based on certain points, but you're going to need to kind of narrate this, gotcha. this story. Okay. Well, then you guys just jump in bananas. Oh, yeah. No, I love this. So, um, Mock starts out, gets in his car, goes to check out this local band where we are introduced to Omar and Angel are two, you know, semi-competing, semi-co-singers, you know, um, and Dizzy and Stretch, who are their other band members. Um, 
It's a talent night. It's a talent night at this other, like, this total sleazebag named Mylars. Um, he shows up off and on as kind of our, like, big tooth rat DJ guy. Probably uh, voice some strip clubs at some point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. not go into the symbolism too much. <laughs> <laughs> His oh, yeah. animation was, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His, his, his face was like 90% teeth. <laughs> and the rest but, was uh, nose. But they're not quite uh, making the grade, I guess, they, by, yeah. his, by his standards. Right, but Mock's ring goes off when Angel sings. And so that gets his attention because that's what he's been looking for. The ring um, was made by his computer so he could find the one voice that could open the dimension for the demon to come through. So they get an invitation to... Uh, Mox Castle. It's this very glitzy card that says, "Won't you come up for a spell?" Uh, yeah, of course. And uh, so the whole band goes. Uh, and I know this will shock you, but Omar is a total douche right off the bat. To no. What? <laughs> He's just mad that it's not all about him. I, really? Yeah. Right? I guess he just. I don't even know what his motivation is there. Like, there's, like, you could have schmoozed, you could have done this. And I know some of that is, like... I do know. Some self It's called fragile masculinity. Well, there's fragile masculinity, <laughs> but I think they also, like, purposefully put some of that in there because the there's... Uh, Nelvana themselves at this point, I think we're torn between like we're enjoying making movies and we don't want to sell out um, because you know oh. what followed this because they ended up going bankrupt because everything got fucked up with this movie um, one thing after <laughs> another and so the next film they did after Rock and Roll is the fucking Care Bears movie that tracks that um, tracks which. You know, short analysis of the Care Bears movie. Um, this magic book gets opened by a magician's assistant who promises to help him make friends and instead makes him powerful and tries to take away all the caring in the world. So the Care Bears have to come and stop it. Did that movie do well? The Care Bears movie? Yeah. yeah. It helped make them, make them come out of bankruptcy. They didn't get to keep any of it, but it leveled them out and got them on the playing field. They ended up doing stuff like Inspector Gadget, Strawberry Shortcake, and a fuck ton of other stuff. I think nice. they did Babar. Like, I was looking at their... Like, their so production still company around, is right? still going, yeah. What? Yeah, their production company is still going. They're still in business. Even after this movie. And Even after this movie. This was just I like... I would have lost that bet. I, I would have thought for sure they were not. No, that they this are, movie sank them for good. Yeah. No, they are 100% still around. They are just doing more definitively um, children's programming for the most part. Um, which which kind of makes sense for, I think, the overall thing. Because a lot of them just are excited to make movies. Uh, and, you know, Clive Smith, I think, was a little bit more torn out of the group because he seemed to be a little bit more on the, like, kind of writing that punk rock edge where he's like, I want to smoke dope and I want to make art and I want to be weird and I want to make what I want to make. But, you know, such is the clash of can this make money while we make what we want to make? And thus we get rock and roll. Um, and so that comes into play a little bit here where, you know, I think they were trying, like... Clive Smith injected a little of that, and then the others are like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> but Had he not been the, a Canuck, it might have worked. I mean, had he worked for, like, Roger Corman? Well, I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know. It's just Roger Corman. I, I, I... <laughs> There's there's a lot that could have happened there, but you know they still found success, and I'm still glad for that. I, I, you can definitely tell that at some points, too, this movie wanted to be an adult 
cartoon. Yeah. Very much reminiscent of heavy metal and mm -hmm. things like that. Definitely. But then, like, the next moment you're in there, it's like you're watching The Rescuers Down Under. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. it's... No. We're still very much being, like, rescued by the power of heart, and there's still, like, the slapstick, because um, Mox henchmen end up being called the Roller Skating Schlepper Brothers, and they are literally on roller skates. Um, and their names are Zip, Toad, and Sleazy. That's right. What's their line? Uh, be nice or be dog food. Yeah. Be nice or be dog food. Also, I noticed that during, the, during it, too, there was no foul language, actually. No. And I'm wondering if that ended up getting edited out. Um, if I remember correctly, I think there was some, and I think that also got edited out for the because, American like, when the like even the scene when the uh, when they bamboozle the officer to get a car, mm -hmm. he screams, and you're like, did he just scream? Like, what? Did, it, it, it was like it was slime. That was the second time. The, no, first, the first time, time he does it, it was, is like unintelligible. It's but you know you're like. Were you trying to drop an F-bomb and you just switched it to fudge? Like, <laughs> And you're like, what? It does sound like a llama screaming. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you get that, that element that it did come from, from a directed point where it could have been a movie mm -hmm. for kids. But, like, yeah. because there were adult elements, you know, it's the same kind of... Thing the that Monster they, Squad conundrum. Yeah, and the the issue, the Monster Squad, the things that you run into with like Ren and Stimpy mm -hmm. and other things that were made for kids, but definitely when you watch them as an adult, you're like, the fuck did I not see that? Right. No, that was definitely me looking back at things like The Secret of Nim being like, oh, that's why I have issues. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching rats crush each other to death. Oh, okay. Blood in a children's cartoon. Delightful. Um, but anyways, so they come to Mox, and Mock very quickly separates Angel from the group, where he um, distracts two of them with essentially what I assume are, like, the televised version of drugs called Edison Balls. And then um, one it's of... It's like, like a glowing trip ball. Yeah, basically. Um, and it just, like, fries their brain, and they stare into it happily. And then he steals Angel away to this garden where he turns on some sort of electronic... Um, projection slash magic thing to further fuck with her mind and tries to... Um, I thought he was trying to romance her at first. So I don't consider any of that romancing. It's definitely, definitely just feels like coercion and then oh, yeah. bullying. Yeah, um, and then when those don't work still, he's just like, fuck it, I'll just kidnap her. <laughs> yeah, because like his entire plan is she has to sign his, his solo contract. Yep. To sing for him, or at least that's how he puts it. But yeah, he she needs... doesn't have to sign a contract. She's just got to sing. She got to sing. Yeah, he needs her voice for the demon. That's right. Summoning. And uh, we don't we don't even get into the demon summoning. She finds out the, about the demon after being kidnapped and taken to Nuke York, uh, <laughs> in a from a mansion that turned into a blimp. Yep. He kidnapped her in the mansion, and the mansion grew a blimp like bubble out of the top of it and it floats off from what was the name of the town uh, oh hometown hometown not yep. hometown but hometown yeah so that, we're gonna make the we're gonna make a, a music joke right good pun good yep pun, that yeah. shit was so fucking hot that that was some like bond villain-esque shit yeah that, that they could never do on that scale 
Like, they had a blimp situation and, like, view to a kill, but, like, it wasn't nothing. <laughs> I, love, I love that um, there's so many movies that have a blimp situation out there. <laughs> and now it's never used. It's just not, no, no one cares about blimps anymore. Well, and, I mean, I think, I think when they were like, oh, these blow up really easily. This is not they, great. Well, so, whatever. And, so what blimps so have you seen lately? I haven't. <laughs> Blimpin. The Goodyear? <laughs> does, I, does the Goodyear blimp even still exist? I have no idea. I'm sure it's somewhere over the Midwest. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> just lost? Like, is this is this no, like the Bermuda Triangle for Who the fuck's going to be entertained just... by the Goodyear blimp now? The people that haven't seen it because it was on the other two ghosts. I, Sorry, I'm not being My awesome. only reference for blimps is up. from the critic where one Still shows crashes. up at NASCAR events, maybe? I don't know. It could be. <laughs> No, but, yeah, no, Mock basically, like, you know, he, he tried to convince her for a second. Then he was like, uh, I'll give you anything, but you have to, like, oh, no, leave, it leave was, your band. No, he's very specific. She says, I don't I don't want anything. And she, he says, I didn't offer you anything. I offered you, you everything. everything. That was yeah. a line. Good line. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely sets uh, him as, like, the uber villain. Yeah, and, yeah, and also defines what he like what he is about as a being like he is about obtaining everything either he can have it all or he's going to destroy it all oh, yeah. there is no middle ground for him so the uh the rest of the band kind of gets like thrown the hell out mm-hmm. at that point and they uh they get in their car and they're they get put in their car and pushed down the hill pushed down the hill <laughs> and their weird three-wheeled future Car, <laughs> yeah. I, you know. They I guess they've made they've made three wheeled cars now that are yeah probably just as not safe to drive yeah probably. <laughs> so they 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 go yeah. they go through a barrier, they go down a hill, they end up like in a down, fountain going down these stairs like kind of like oh that's right they reference Battleship Potemkin I, weirdly yes they animated like a weird little uh, homage to the stair scene in Battleship Potemkin which is like one of the most iconic like montage sequences of all time oh yeah like that was weird but like uh, then they end up crashing and then the cop shows up that's right the meatiest cop I've ever seen animated I think that's right (laughs) I don't know who voiced him but it was good that was the best voice oh I don't know I did not. I did not look and see who was the cop. He was not on the top of my That's list. Okay. He, he oh, was ornery. He was ornery. That's right. And he was dumb. And they stole his fucking car. Bamboozled. <laughs> they bamboozled him. They did. Bam- then he almost swore. That's <laughs> right. Then he made mad llama noise. <laughs> was that more llama or goat? I don't know. Okay. Let's go with goat. That's more your brand. It, it does feel more okay. on brand. But they yeah. did steal that cop car, and then they drove over some kind of a weird-ass, like, bridge. They right? were driving to New York. There was New a, York. New York. But they had to, they, like, were traversing the road, but then the land, because the cars are in the future, can float. Except right. for their three-wheeled piece of shit. Uh, right. But this floating cop car... And they crossed a laser bridge. A it laser like, fucking bridge. It like they ran off a cliff, and all of a sudden the bridge lit up bright lasers, in multicolors, and some Care Bear stuff coming out of the mountain. <laughs> there you <laughs> across, go. Across, across to cross, to traverse this canyon. Care Bears will got your back, man. <laughs> Everybody's got a day job. <laughs> Keeping the world caring by night. <laughs> Working bridges by day. <laughs> and so they get. To New, New York. York. Yep. 
and then promptly get arrested for lying. And that's when we get to meet Aunt Edith because she's apparently Dizzy slash Alphonse's aunt. But yeah, she, so she tells them once, once they meet Aunt Edith, once she bails them out of jail, even though she's pissed about it, she's like, all right, I don't know how to find them, but I know how to find Cinderella. And they're like, who the fuck is Cinderella? And it turns out the roller skating Schlepper brothers have a sister with some of the biggest hits I've ever seen animated. An excessive, excessively short skirt that they make every point to show her ass and her panties. Just constantly. And her heart with wings tattoo that was $14.95. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. That, uh... The, the, the aunt had tattooed on her. That's right. And that's how they were going to find this chick was by this tattoo. That's right. And they... Uh, by a piece of flash. I'm sure she's tattooed on countless other people. That's right. For 15 bucks? For 15 bucks. And they're going to go to Club 666 to find her. Oh, yes. Oh, God. All right. Uh, I do have one thing written down here, and I wonder if you or either of you remember. At some point in this process... I forgot something. I have no context where it goes, but I, I just wrote down Chief Inspector Quaaludes, and this is a tuna fish license. Oh, that's tuna when fishing the, license. That's when they're getting into New York, Nuke York. They they have closed the city off because they have to do some sort of inspection. Right. And so Omar tries lying to the gate guard. That's what it was. Um, and the cop's <laughs> name is in, was uh, Chief Inspector Quaaludes. <laughs> yeah, Quaaludes. And uh, <laughs> which holy shit. And. Uh, <laughs> He keeps saying, like, I've got this permit or I've got this, and then tries to, like, just rip it away from him and drive through. And the gate guard grabs him and is like, hey, this is a tuna fishing license. And that's how they end up in jail. Right. And then you were talking about uh, the sister of the triplets Mm -hmm. uh, who has the best line. I don't know if it already happened or if it's about to happen. We meet her after um, Aunt Edith talks about her. Right. Or I think... It was kind of happening at the same okay. time. Yeah, you might there was right. like some introduction, and then Aunt Edith talked about her, and then you re go back to her to kind of. It, it's, okay. It's like yeah, because and she you makes... were talking about you know the way they portrayed her, you know, yeah. very top heavy, mm-hmm. you know, panties always out, tiny skirt. Yeah. Right? right. So and then we we traverse to this. Club six six six. Well, we get them. So we get them crawling through the vents first because she oh, right. she talks Angel and Angel's like, "Oh yeah, I totally want to go clubbing with you and not just escape this place. I know hip slang, believe me." And that's go. where she finds out about Mock's plan because she crawls over the vents and hears Mock talking to the computer. Right now, the one line that I wrote down for this, mm-hmm. um, you might already have it, is. From what? What the fuck is her name? The sister. Oh, Cinderella or Cindy. Oh, Cindy. Yeah, her name is Cinderella. They keep this place tighter than a hummingbird's twat. Tweet. Tweet. Hun- tweet. A, a hummingbird's tweet. tweet. That's right. That's how they got. Because they didn't. They didn't say twat. They said tweet. That's right. Yeah. Which is amazing, and it's too long of a title to name this episode. Unfortunately, you could just call it a hummingbird's tweet. That's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Tighter than a hummingbird's, maybe I don't know. Maybe <laughs> you might. We'll, we'll figure. We'll workshop it. <laughs> but yes, uh, they're getting the lowdown on uh, Mock's plan. Mm-hmm. No, they, she, yeah, through she the vents. That. Yeah. Cindy doesn't even pay attention to the plan. She doesn't give two shits. She's just like, 
I'm yeah, going out to this club. Are you chickening out? What the right. fuck are you doing? Yeah. yeah. But he's playing with the computer. And he needs that at the he needs Angel to sing the sequence of notes, mm-hmm. sequence of uh, you know whatever, to summon the fucking demon. That's right? right. And there's also and that's also where he finds out that no one can put the the uh, demon. demon back, but the computer says that the demon could be returned by the magic of. One voice, one heart, one song. But there is no one, is what the computer keeps saying. And so Mach is like, I'm safe. It really sounds like the Care Bear movie is a spiritual sequel to this. <laughs> right. I feel like that explains a large part of my personality. Oh, shit. Could be, you know. I'm just saying. Oh, I fuck. loved Grumpy Bear as a child, and now my partner is Grumpy Bear. So at some point there's a uh, there's an informant. It was it the same guy. It getting was the tattooed? guy. Yeah, the guy getting tattooed. Tattooed guy who has like the a captain. harpoon. He has a harpoon for a leg that yep. like steps on a hot dog, right? Yep. By a bum. Yep. And, and the goes to, he the goes to dog. like a weird like like telephone ATM mm-hmm. and talks to like the uh, the triplets, right? Mm-hmm. One of the triplets. Yeah. He yeah. calls he calls Toad. Gotcha. Yeah. And then he gets incinerated for his uh, service. Yeah. Well, he apparently had some other issues with them in the, the past where he fucked up. And so he was like, yeah, we're even. Burp. And then incinerates him, electrocutes him through the telephone system. It's a fucking rock. And then the bum gets the and then the bum gets the hot dog off yeah. of the ground that was on his harpoon leg. And he yeah. gets the harpoon, so now he gets like something to cook his other hot dogs with. Right. <laughs> this sounds like a happy ending. Something it I, it is a happy ending. <laughs> Um, but I also, one of the other things that I, I had forgotten during that scene where, um, Mock is, you know, where Angel is listening to Mock talk to the computer about his plan. Um, he's got on another screen, like, legal accounting and a couple other, like, animated heads pull up. And at one point when he's talking about summoning this demon, they're like, we realize business has been off, but I think this is pretty crazy. <laughs> and they're just like, um, you want to do What? My dude, these are record sales, basically. <laughs> yeah, he's not interested, though. No, he he's like, uh, fuck dogs. you guys, yeah. corporate shills. He is 100% insane and excited to be insane. And I believe tells them when he wants their opinion, he'll give it to them. That's true. He did. Which Those were his feels words. like a very Mick Jagger thing to say. And uh, Cindy and Angel had a good time at Club 666, gotta yeah. say. Yeah, so th- this this gets to the point. Sorry, I jumped the gun about the, the club six six six. No, no, you're good. We're good. That the uh, well, one, I, I was excited. Two, uh, this fucking place, oh, man, it's like early eighties disco Earth inferno. I mean, it is. Was it? It was actually Earth. Yeah, it yeah. is actually Earth, Wind, and Fire that is yeah. playing while they're in the club. And I mean, oh man, I wish I'd been born in a different era. This is, this is like, there's definitely like references to drugs. I'm sure there's multiple cocaine references. There's um, tons of cocaine references. There's a flasher. There's an anti gravity bar. There's oh, yeah. a lot of there's a lot of like illustrated nipples. Yep. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of phallic noses. Very yeah, very uh, phallic noses. Everyone's having a blast. There's some shutter shades. I mean, I would have been at home yeah, in this bar. Will McCobb, shutter shade extraordinaire. Yeah, bring it on. There's and and then you know the the, the 
it's it's a den of sin. Yeah. It really is. Kind of like, and I love that they lean into this because it definitely mm-hmm. feels like they kind of played into that 80s satanic panic going yep. on yep. periodically throughout this movie. So it's it's a lot of fun. Plus a lot the of fun small town me. kids go into the big city finding this like club that is way out there. And to the point where it, at one point, um, I think it's Aunt Edith refers to the club as the Twilight Zone. So I don't know if that's a goof where they were originally going to call the bar the Twilight Zone, or if she's making like a reference to it being like. The I mean, Twilight it should have been called Club Hedonism, right? I think. I mean, six, 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 I was right? ready to live deliciously. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> like a taste of butter and pretty dresses with your nipples showing. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I guess like right after this, um, Mock does reacquire Angel. And uh, he has also acquired and uh, abducted the band. So we have we have one of my favorite parts before that because um, so they do get they do get abducted, but how Mock both breaks Omar and gets Omar is they all get kind of like either taken out of the club or lured out of the club. And and Omar hears Angel and goes looking for her through the smog of the streets and right. cli- and follows her voice up into this building and sees what he thinks is Angel snuggled up with Mock with the two of them laughing at him, like them being together as a couple. And then when Omar freaks out and runs and then inevitably gets taken and dragged to Mock's, Mock pulls this face off of the the female that he's with like and it is a mask and it's this like a mutant person and her name is literally what's her face and it's i get that like you get the impression that this is what she does that she can like mimic different uh he's got women he's got all things. the agents and I, I wish in we the had right so places more about you know i just want more information on her she's so fucking cool and like, just just a tiny blip of a character yeah. once again also talking you mentioned it like the smog of the city it is Mm -hmm. this city is illustrated to look like every post-apocalyptic movie that you've ever seen yep grimy up top is ritzy and you know Mm -hmm. and every every version of it you know you could see it uh you've seen it in fifth element you've seen it in uh we said blade runner we said the jetsons we Uh, said all sorts of stuff like like the Mm -hmm. all all like the backgrounds of akira even some of the even some of the the one of the first three star wars films had where they were down on the on the bottom level and it was this Mm -hmm. grimy dirty bar side note um i think actually um george lucas became someone that was helpful to them later on because i think they were involved in some of the star wars animated stuff and potentially even the the um the droid the series Chris, the christmas special involving because they talked about that and they talked about the, the first best thing both, george but... lucas ever did Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course we not really think that but the, yeah you know christmas special is <laughs> We have to, you know that at some point we have to cover that. Hey, that had Donna Summer in it. Donna Summer can only save so much, my friend. That's true. Yeah, no. Donna yeah. Summer and Boba Fett, a Christmas special do not make, but we still have to sit through it because that's what we do for podcasts. We, we, yeah, we can, we can do that at one point. <laughs> anyway, just, it was, it was very, very stereotypical. It's always it always questions when you see these movies in the tra- timeline that things come out. Who referenced who? Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh yeah. yeah. No, there's but there's also like there's an evolution of this. And one of the things that like 
I had forgotten is the Berlin Wall is still standing at this time. So we're still in like that kind of atmosphere. Right. So there's a there's still a lot happening in the fucking world. Um, I mean, there's always a lot happening in the fucking world. But you get what I'm saying here. I mean, um, even some of the early animation, there was mm-hmm. some very Hugo Boss-esque yeah. sort of co- like costuming in this. T- like opening but, the movie. Opening the movie. And like, that's what's Opening great. it. The Schlumber Brothers started out looking looking like they're fucking SS officers and then take that off and they've got tight red pants and like doorman outfits on but and roller, roller, skates. And roller skates and then they take off the doorman top and they've got these purple lightning bolt tops yeah <laughs> and it's great wild like the i animated said this... fashion layers <laughs> i know I, love it. I know they I slowly get more them. and more naked as the movie goes hey me too oh whoops <laughs> That's how everyone watches movies, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's why Jurassic Park was so fun when we watched it. <laughs> All right, so then we get to the first attempt at mm-hmm. the uh, apocalypse demon summoning. Yeah, he Mach basically blackmails um, Angel, um, saying that he will fry their brains and their bodies of her bandmates if she doesn't sing for him. Yeah, they, he's, he's got them in like a energy sphere the larger version of the edison ball yeah yeah and uh so they got to go do this uh gig at carnage carnage melon so it's 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 spelled as carnage hall but i think i think that they they um like they fudge a little and say carnegie like that like that's their pronunciation of it the news people are like carnegie hall yeah because obviously a playoff Carnegie, but you know, because mind you, it's Carnage. it's like a really weird montage you hit mm-hmm. with some music and some images, but it's we're gonna fast forward through some of the plot devices here and yeah. But uh, long story short, it goes horribly wrong. The demon does not get summoned because there's not enough power, and they just destroy the venue, and people are very confused. Yes, they completely destroy most of that part of town, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they they wreck the venue. They wreck that part of town. But n- everyone is like, what will he do now? And it turns out that he didn't have enough power to summon the demon. Like, her voice is fine, but the power level is not. That's right. More power for the pentagram stage. That's right. For right. the pentagram projection. That's why they got to go to Ohm Town. That's right. Back to Ohm Town we go. Because they have the, what is it, the nuclear power station or something there? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, oh, of course, the place that we started. Let's go home. So we head back and, you know, we get the, the sequences of the drugged up band members being all goofy and happy and like totally not themselves and of Angel trying to convince Mock that um, they should just go away together and, uh, you know, forget all this and just the two of them. And he, you know, has his like meltdown and like screaming <laughs> fit with his hair all fluffed up. Yep. He is such a prima donna. I love him. All right, so, well, we got to get back into uh, second run for this uh, demon summoning, which mm-hmm. which goes a little better this time. Yeah, yeah, we start huge. I mean, obviously, like sense. a huge place that they've constructed or had constructed for this mm-hmm. uh, particular event, giant pentagram stage, and she is forced to sing. Yeah, and, and mind you, they also there's like brief like concert series because we have to you know Mm -hmm. we have to showcase that Lou Reed sang for 
the singing voice of Mott. That's, oh, yeah, right. that's right. Yeah, like, yeah. He has a couple so of we're, times. So there's that's there's sick. there's definitely like the whole concert has to happen. Oh, the and music video uh, and the music video interludes. Yes, so we get two of those. One after they do drugs the first time they're at his house, where we get triumph, uh, triumph of the glory of me, and then on the way back from Nuke York to hometown, we get my name is Mock. Um, parentheses. Yep. Thanks a lot. Uh, listen to it. Thank me later. It'll be in your brain forever. It was good. And it was right before Lou Reed started just, like, talking in his songs. Yeah. There was a weird time where, like, Lou Reed and fucking, like, Leonard Cohen just started, like, talking. Like, they weren't singing anymore. It was the 80s. Like, I don't know what happened. But, Drops. like, well, maybe they just ruined their voices, maybe. <laughs> but, like, I fucking love Lou Reed. I mean, don't get me wrong. But Legit. he was still singing in this movie, and it was great. It just made me think of, uh, like, it gave me flashbacks to when you gave me uh, Get Crazy and just him wandering through the streets playing his guitar, singing about everything. Exactly. Which was also 83, I think. Huh. Hmm. He was a busy boy. Yeah, he was. Um, but yeah, so we get some of those <laughs> interludes. Um, and then as the demon is getting summoned, um, Bulbs start bursting as they're trying to draw power. Mock is forcing Angel to sing, like literally has a device on her throat that is making her sing, and she's drugged up. And um, chained up like she's the sacrifice for King Kong, yep. almost. Oh, yeah, yep. yeah. What was that? Like a fucking Clash of the Titans. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who, who was the, like, I was the princess? I fucking remember. Oh, there's a Can't lot of references. Can't remember my fucking mythology right now. Oh, but, uh, you know, Greek mythology. The, like the giant fucking, like, not the Gorgon, whatever. whatever Being sacrificed to the sea serpent. Yeah, no. Is it Perseus? I'm, I'm failing my schooling right now. It's fine. <laughs> anyway. This, is, this yes. is an 80s cartoon. This isn't Greek mythology. It's fine. No, it's no. Fine. It's but she's good. chained but up. She's in a skimpy dress, and she's singing her heart out because she's being controlled. That's yeah, right. And they have and boosted this power, and now there's a neon red pentagram shining through and into the sky. Is floating in a batarang with these, like, project these pipes that he's playing like an organ. You can see people play things like that on TikTok now. <laughs> you can see people play a Furby organ on TikTok, Will. <laughs> I like the Furby organ. I worry about you. <laughs> That's fair. Um, Furby organ hurts me. So teeth. we got to get to where the demon is successfully fucking That's summed. right. But the the electric every all the bulbs bursting snaps the band out. So the band bursts like snaps into uh action while this is happening. So the demon is coming up, but the band is now taking action where they're finding their way there where they once again two of them steal a patrol car from, from the, the same cop. From the same dumbass officer Quaalude. <laughs> Um, who at that point screams slime? Not as not as. No, not 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 so. Not Officer Goatmouth. No, no, not exactly. So and this is where honestly the animation totally changed yes. too. It's, oh. it's been changing many times, but this is the best yes. animation in the movie. Agreed. It just the demon coming out of the pentagram and the like. Flying teethy babies. And oh, yeah. Just monstrous dinosaur looking, terrible teeth gnashing. 
but also yeah. just a total different style of animation. Yes, this felt more like like a sketch, like someone's brain free flowing to a song. Like and very like acid trippy. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you have gone on an adventure through this hellscape. Oh um, yeah. Not as not the same animation, but very gave me some of the feeling mm -hmm. I mentioned it while we were watching of this the acid trip from Beavis and Butthead mm -hmm. that was inspired by Rob Zombie's yeah. animation at that yeah. time. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I like sometimes you once again, where do you draw these inspirations? And you're like, you're like maybe that that was inspired by that because you're summoning this yeah. hell thing and it's coming out and there's teeth and there's weird floating things oh, and eyeballs so and much that tentacles leads into each other and I love that. Also, this is where we get Iggy Pop singing for the voice of the demon, Pink, a song called "Pain and Suffering." Hell yeah! Yeah, which you get the deep like Iggy Pop croak uh, vocals as well as like. Some higher melodic stuff. It's it's good. It's good. I'm trying to remember. Was it a? Um, it was a meme for a while, but like the whole like uh, alien Muppet thing that was like a giant like mouth. Like, are you ah. talking about the yip yips? With the yip yips. Is that what they are? Yeah, they just go yip 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 yip. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So yeah. it kind of was like an animated version of one of those, except with a billion faces like the damned are yeah, trapped but like, inside he, of it. Like when, when <laughs> you saw. The entire thing, like, mm -hmm. in scale. He was just this giant thing with, like, a little head at the top. He he was, when we looked at it, when you look at it... Um, he kept morphing. As a, yeah, as, a, like, a conglomerate. But, like, when its arms come out to an... an to try to envelop Angel when she decides to fight back against it, his it's it forms all these tiny heads. And so I think, like, they tried to keep up with that animation style, and they really wanted to keep that as, like, that style for the, the demon itself because it's it, it continues to flow inside of it. It, like, really fucks with and, my eyes. And I love it. In, t in general, too, it was the only time you saw that animation style mm -hmm. in the movie. Like, some of the, you know, there were definitely, like, the kids' cartoon animation going on. Mm -hmm. Every now and then yeah. you get those little little feels of heavy metal and stuff yeah. like that. But, like, this specific scene was done very, yeah. very different than the rest of the film. The there oh, there are at least, like, four or five different animation styles in here. Yeah. The two shortest are the, the demon scene and... Um, uh, Zip is watching some sort of cartoon or show called Uncle Mikey, where he um, Uncle Mikey asks if he knows the difference between good and evil. Um, but that that animation style is like almost like paper cutouts of mm -hmm. things, um, and it's just it's it's wildly different in the way that it illustrates people and the way that it does motion and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we'll get into more of that at the end. Like the the other reason I brought that up is because that you know Zip. Yeah. Yeah. saves Omar and Angel because he doesn't want to be evil. Oh, absolutely. Because he's like, yeah. that's a demon. Demons are evil. Shit, I'm evil. <laughs> and Zip is a simple baby. Right. And that's at one point, yeah, Zip, he's one of the brothers, right? Yeah, he's one right. of the roller skating yes. brothers. And that's when the most like dramatic scene of the movie happens. Mm -hmm. And he dies, and his roller skate wheel, they, they roll in on it, yeah. and it stops rolling. Yeah. And I was like, oh. and his brother cries. Toad, yes. who is the tough one, that's right, uh, cries. And this becomes yeah. really the plot device because they've now summoned this demon. Mm -hmm. It has come through. Yep. And you've got Angel and o Angel and Omar. Omar has tried to has tried to help stop the demon. Mm -hmm. He has successfully freed Angel, 
but Zip saved their lives. And right. So that's where we're at. And because Angel he is, didn't want to be evil. Yeah. Right. Because he watched that little cartoon yeah. about evil. Because that's un- right. Uncle Mikey said, "Don't be, be evil. Be, don't be evil." Even be though good. Uncle Mikey was a freely unsettling cartoon. Very <laughs> unsettling cartoon. <laughs> clown person yes yes and now angel is singing the demon or trying to sing the demon back into hell right or she figures if i can sing it up i can sing it back okay yeah and uh lo and behold we have a this came out in 83 mm-hmm. i wonder if this came out before return of the jedi because we've got mock thrown in to the fucking abyss by one of the brothers like Vader did to the Emperor in Jedi. Mm. I have no idea. But, like, I mean, like, because basically, like, I, I don't remember what brother as, it was. Was it Toad or Sleazy? Toad. Toad. Toad was just like, you fucking killed my brother, right? So, so it, what you're, what you're getting... first. Huh. So what you're getting is Angel so starts to sing because she's going to sing him back. Then Omar finally gets his shit together and decides not to be a prick for the first time in the movie and sings right. her song with with her. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Toad has gone up to avenge his brother's death from the Batarang tube machine music. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? I, I, I don't know what else to call it. No, that's and right. he's cast as the demon is cast back into the into the pentagram Mm -hmm. mock is cast in there with him that's right toad hoists him above his head and flings him (laughs) flings him and very and very much so now that you mentioned that like right like it is yeah you're you're very right i think they were just on the same page just because like this would have come out first but they had to have been like working on this simultaneously oh no no, and you said that there's a connection between this production company and George Lucas? Yeah. Oh, man, he fucking stole his shit. I'm calling <laughs> it now <laughs> on the fucking podcast. Because any animated movie is going to be made a year before it comes out. There's so much fucking work to be done. Right. So the whole, like, throwing the, like... The mad dude. Yeah, like, but I don't know when they're... they're throwing the baddie happen. into the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. I... I'm telling you, there are elements of this movie mm-hmm. that everyone was like, this is a pair, this was a cult classic probably in movie production history where people are like, no one fucking remembers this movie, so we can rip this shit off hard. <laughs> Big time. That hurts my heart. I'm calling it. George I'm, Lucas I'm, ripped off I, this I know movie. it probably hurts because this is, is... Is it a ripoff or is it homage? Because they did the all work and no play makes Maka Del Boy. I mean, they did. They yeah. did. They did an homage so, in there. So we have... Uh, so we, like... Layers. Like, you know, with any pop culture phenomenon, successful or unsuccessful, you end up getting these layering of references. And honestly, something being taken from this movie from an, for another pop culture giant makes... A hideous amount of sense for the way that this production company, like like the punk rock way that they started out doing things. Um, so you know, I, I kind of I get it for the, the the internal battles that Clive Smith seems to face. Yeah, you know, George Lucas did what he did. Call it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never admit anything. <laughs> Anyway, so, like, fucking Mock is thrown into the fucking mm-hmm. abyss. He is defeated. He dies. And the band now has 
like as the fucking apocalyptic demon has also been like mm-hmm. defeated they suddenly have a gigantic amount of fame because the entire crowd in this venue is just like oh shit with this was a wild crowd. show. Yeah. Holy fuck, this was metal as shit. Yeah. Goddamn right. It's unclear if they realize that that was not in fact a show and that Mach is in fact, you know, Denzies. And <laughs> that it was actually a demon that yep. you saw in front of you. Yeah. Your eyes should have melted out of your skin. And then they keep singing and there's a rainbow. Care Bears. <laughs> Care Bears. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 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 but that's where the movie goes, you know? That's, that's right. It's the power of one voice, one heart, one song when and, they learn to harmonize. And that was the, the reference that no one yep. could send the demon back. Right. That's right. They had to unite yeah. the two of them. The harmony. The harmony. The whole band. Man, it's lucky that that was the dude she was fucking. That would have been rough if it was somebody in the crowd. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So yes, yeah, so that was Rock and Roll from 1983. Woohoo! And that was a fun ass fucking movie. I to had watch a blast yet with again, it. and just a weird ass fucking movie. Still, like I still can't fully like wrap my brain around it because it's so. And oh, this was one of the things that I want to bring up earlier, but I, I, I kept stopping myself. The animation style in this movie shifted so many times mm-hmm. because we had like Ralph Bakshi style stuff. Then we had like weird, like proto almost CGI style like mm-hmm. animation stuff. We had weird um, television effects mm-hmm. over animation at one at, at a couple points in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, what else we have? We had um, your crazy that. demon sequence that like. Yeah doesn't really match up to anything other than like just the trip like a trippy series right right mm-hmm. uh, yeah we had stuff that looked like rotoscoping but wasn't almost um i remember there were certain uh sort of illustrated backgrounds that kind of like scrolled yeah. across the screen that almost looked like akira at some point mm-hmm. and there was one particular sequence that felt out of place um when they stole the cop car and and we saw this long shot from above of the cop car driving on a street and there's like clouds going by that shit was a fucking model like it was That's a model amazing. with like clouds and like was like, that during the road trip when they're heading yeah. to new york new yeah york? yeah yeah was, i was just like what the fuck is going on with this yeah movie? it seemed it seemed that one seemed uh, seemed strange to me that's where they were like traversing over the terrain but then back yeah. onto the road exactly. and then yeah it was, like, it was very and then bizarre. across the rambo bridge mm-hmm. how very house of them <laughs> um i really enjoyed the weird ass animation styles mm-hmm. and especially the characters they were yeah. so expressive in and especially the faces and the way they animated the faces mm-hmm. especially the villain I mean, oh come on yeah. man oh god his jowls oh my god villain jowls are just like ah. his, his lips like he definitely had those like extra enunciated jagger lips like also one of the best fucking entrances like electrically materializes with a beer in hand <laughs> Man, just a, just a good, just a good old fucking wild ride of a movie. I, oh, yeah. I tell you, it, I, I'm thank you for bringing me, bringing was, me on this journey. I was really hoping you would enjoy this. I'm glad that you uh, you joined us for this madness. Hell yes. So we are now at the end, and we are going to wrap this whole 
thing up with a nice uh, Care Bears bow tie, I guess, right? Do the Care- Care- I don't know if the Care Bears wear bow ties. They just know, they've yeah. got look, they've got their tummy symbols. They're kind of to do their like Care Bears things. I didn't watch cartoons as like not those cartoons. I watched an extensive I watched cartoons, amount of cartoons, but I've also drank a lot of my memory away of them. <laughs> I have watched Care Bears more recently than I care to. Uh, Actually, you know what? I'm fine with it. Yeah, I watch the Care Bears. You do care to say. I, I, I do care. I care All a right, lot. All right, so uh, we are going to uh, talk about how would we double feature this. Yeah. If, if we were going to watch this movie with friends. Oh, not if, if when. If <laughs> and when. We were going to watch this with friends, and we were going to have a second movie mm-hmm. or a prequel to this experience. Uh-huh. What would you pair this movie with? Okay. All right. I've got I've got mine that I I know what I would, what I if I was setting this up as a two for what I would do. Um, do you do either of you want to go first or do you want me to go ahead and lead off? No, go ahead. Okay. Go for it. So I will say like at one point I did show this movie as as part of a post apocalyptic night and pa- paired it with like Hell Comes to Frogtown and you know Doomsday and some other stuff. Nice. But if I was going to show this in a two for, I would pair this with Cool World from uh, 92, which mm-hmm. is is Bakshi animation, but it is another one that combines a bunch of different styles. There's rotoscoping, there's these weird backgrounds, there's these strange, like, still shots of, like, just, like, just drawn characters that are meant to be, like, filling clubs, and it's just very bizarre, and that was one of, also one of the films that drifts back and forth between animation and, um, you know, actual human beings, so there's a lot going back and forth. Another fucking killer soundtrack, by the way, um, and just kind of one of those what-the-fuck movies, because, um, Rock and Roll I found on, on Prime, and Cool World I found by chance flipping through channels and catching a blip of the end animation where everything is just going insane and there is ink and characters and like stuff filling Las Vegas and I was like I don't know what the fuck this is but I'm gonna google the shit out of it I definitely remember Cool World yeah very after after, uh, Who's Framing Roger Rabbit Mm -hmm. that was like the weird uh, cult schlock version of it you know (laughs) and I was like okay (laughs) Fair enough. But yeah, my pick is Cool World with uh, Rock and Roll. Well, uh, I guess if I was going to pair this with any other movie, this would have to be the second movie. Okay. Uh, Because it's incomprehensible to most people that aren't on drugs. Right. On some way, shape, or form. Not on drugs. It's a fun-ass flick, but I would put this... um, If I wanted to entice uh, my guests... Mm-hmm. I have a film that I have been singing the praises of for some years called The Congress. Oh, yeah. You talked to me which about is it, too. half live action, half um, animated. Oh, interesting. It stars um, uh, Robin Wright mm-hmm. as herself. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has to go into, like, this weird animated realm to save her son. It's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. It's such a cool-ass movie. It's such an interesting concept. And so it kind of uh, combines, you know, uh, dramatic stuff with, like, weird adventure where after people had seen that, had another couple drinks, had a smoke outside, whatever, Mm -hmm. come back in. This is the perfect second movie for that because it's, like, fucking bananas and they're just ready to go. Fair enough. Ready to to ridicule and rock. That's all I can say. Or rock and roll. All right. So (laughs) mine's going to go off the rails a little bit on this because... I didn't have as much time to think about the fact that, you know, 
this has to be paired with something else. It is funny that you mentioned Who Framed Roger Rabbit because that could be a fun pairing mm-hmm. too. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to go ahead and go with a ridiculous, schlocky, nonsensical movie that ended with a, one of the fucking sweetest demons in history. And I'm going to say I would pair this because of the demon scene with Howard the Duck. Oh my god! <laughs> Oh my god, that's a great fucking choice, nice. bro. Nice. That's a great fucking choice. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Okay, you're okay. That's a okay. great fucking choice. I right. love that movie so hard. Oh yeah. No, that's yeah. Like, oh, that was that was good. I'm a little I'm a little surprised that none of us went heavy metal, but I feel like that was such the obvious pick. It was too obvious. Yeah. It was, yeah. Too, yeah. It was it, that was the easy pick. Yeah, yeah, and that that was but. the obvious one. No, uh, Howard the Duck. Uh, when I was visiting from living overseas i would visit my aunt who lived in houston at the time and she had fucking hbo and this is like late 80s early 90s and they would repeat movies all the time oh so yeah in the in the course of like a few days visiting her i saw gremlins and howard the duck like maybe like five times a piece nice we fucking love that fucking movie yeah all my that... brothers and i were just totally down for that shit That's that would be my movie. pairing though Nice. That's a solid pairing. (laughs) All right. All right. We are at the uh, tail end now, and um, I want to talk very briefly about how to fucking find us. It is important and helpful. Indeed. You can reach out to us directly at Beautiful Disasters Podcast uh, on Facebook. Uh, You can email us if you have recommendations for something for us to watch or something... Uh, movie to inflict upon one of the other co-hosts for schlock abuse at yeah. beautifuldisasterspodcast at gmail.com put our metal to the test maybe. and we have Instagram rocking now what is we that Instagram? Do. it is beautiful underscore disasters underscore podcast um, I'm trying to be a little bit more uh, vigilant with posting and responding please feel free to interact with us shoot us uh, interesting movie stuff that you see posted shoot us interesting festival stuff that you see posted I'd really like to try to get us a little bit more uh, involved and, and current on the stuff that we are doing so I'm pretty stoked about it uh, you can also, I tag all of us individually pretty frequently, so you can also find our individual uh, Instagrams and things like that to check out, you know, the bullshit we watch and do in our free times. And uh, Damn right. Let's see. Our lovely guest tonight, um, real quick, is uh, William McCobb. Thank you again for being with us. I appreciate you. We are uh, having a great time here tonight, and uh, thank you for bringing me on to see this 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 fucking disaster. I, I loved it. <laughs> this beautiful disaster. Yeah, this is, um, Will, Will McCobb is uh, part of Synthetic Nightmare, which is a band local to Richmond, Virginia. They are amazing. Please check them out. Um, Will also does stuff um, and assists with uh, Hell Kitten. Um, so you can find them at Hell Kitten RVA. RVA. Yeah. yeah, Hell Kitten RVA on all your social media, hellkittenrva.com. Uh, uh, you know, I'm their, I'm their roadie and their... Uh, they're hype man. Yeah. So. Fuck yeah. An occasional snake wrangler. And occasionally a snake wrangler. That's yep. not a euphemism. He has a snake named Boris. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, and you can find all of the podcasts on the Geeks Under the Influence Network um, on most places that you get your podcasts, but you can also go to GUIPodcast.com, um, check out you know all of the links for the podcast, you can check out the blog, and you can find our merch link through there, which is through TeePublic. 
Goddamn right. Get you some some shiny new things to wear. Or bunch of different designs like. for all the different shows. So yes, uh, I have been the Groots. I am Murphy Lawless. And our guest, William McCobb. Thank, Thank you, you so much for listening. That's right. Stay beautiful, motherfuckers. Damn right. Coming straight from the mouths of madness, I'm Lowdown. I'm F.U. Hunter. Do you love horror? We fucking do. So this is a podcast dedicated to all things in cinematic horror. We're talking movies, television, composers, special effects artists. We're going to fucking cover it. So if you love horror, embrace the madness. In a world with too many reboots and remakes, two men will stop at nothing to make it even worse. Join Mike the Hobbit and Atandi as they play by their own rules while pitching new takes on some of your favorite and least favorite films and TV shows. What podcast would dare to bring this upon the world? This is Smack My Pitch Up. GUIPodcast.com. <laughs>